Well, good morning, everybody. You might have thought I was running out of there, out of nerves, and I was going to flush myself down the toilet, but uh, no, I'm back. I had a wee song about that, but you wouldn't want to hear it because it's pretty, and my voice is, uh, I've got a wee uh, COVID residue, you know, can you hear it? Yeah, that's good. We were quite pleased to get COVID, by the way, because now we've got it out of the way and we won't get it overseas probably, so praise God. And uh, Al told me that actually he didn't know what to pray because we said, now Alex wants it. I've got it and Alex wants it. And he said, I don't know how to pray about that. I've never prayed for someone to get COVID before. But uh, I don't know, you must have prayed well because he got it. <laughs> I told him he could go in the, in the camper van, but he wasn't so keen. He thought he'd rather have COVID. So, you know, what can you do? <clears throat> anyway, we'll get past that, shall we? <laughs> So what I want to speak about today is faith, how do I get it? So um, I've just got a first picture, now I'm very uh, familiar with this kind of picture, so if the next one can go up, yeah. So imagine that you need something, you really need something, so you're going to go somewhere to get it because you think, I'll just go shopping for it. And so you go down there and you go, go into the mall, it's called the church mall, and you see the communion glasses, and they're pretty, and there's five different kinds, or there's a crystal goblet. And then you go past, and there's the pulpits. Wow, oh my goodness. And so down the back you see faith. So you go down there, and the assistant wants to sell you some things. Oh, you can have a Nokia faith. Now that's got a good range. Or you can have an Apple faith, reliable, good battery life. Or... You could possibly have a Samsung faith that doesn't cost so much. And you could have an Asian Samsung faith. Now, I know about this. Samsung makes them especially for Asia, and they just haven't got a few of those cute features. But they're better for the Asian purse. So you can choose the kind of faith that you want, or can you? <coughs> well, actually, in some ways, you can. Oh, that's a bit shocking. So my question here with that little picture is, can you do anything to get faith? Or do you just sit and hope? So the next picture is, is a gorgeous one too. Uh, don't you like it? It's a pity Vitaly isn't here because I wanted to say, does it look like a larder? <coughs> so you could have this new electric car, but the problem with this car is it's not doing what you thought it should be doing. So every time you get to a hill, it crawls and you have the honks behind you. Uh, and you're sure it should do better than this because it's new. So did you do something wrong? Have you missed something out? Are you not pressing a button that you should have pressed? Or is there a fault and you need to take it back to the dealer and get a replacement? So how about your faith? Are you feeling a bit like that with your faith? Is it not living up to what you thought might come. How do you get help for a faith problem? Yeah, so we're going to read in Romans. You don't have to read, actually, it's just a verse. Just a verse, but my word, what a verse. <coughs> okay, so here's the verse, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then, faith, we're talking faith, aren't we, guys? Faith comes by Hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So 
hang on, what does it say? Faith comes. You can get it. And how do you get it? You get it by the word of God. Okay, so that's a good verse, isn't it? You know, when you've prayed, I wish, da-da-da, but I haven't got the faith. When you prayed that, here is the answer. You can get it. You can choose faith, and it comes from hearing. So let's just explore what hearing means. Now, my husband talks quite a bit to me. You'd never think it, no, looking at him, would you? But actually, he's quite chatty when it's just me and him. And he can tell me all about the cricket scores and <coughs> the rugby ruckus and all the things. And I'm going, oh, yes, hmm, ah, And uh, if you asked me what he said, I'd have no clue. Or else I'm really sarcastic and I go, really? How exciting. And he goes, but he just has to tell someone. And when we were overseas, you know, he would watch his iPad to see what the cricket was. The scores ticked over. That was all. No picture, no nothing, but the scores ticked over. So he'd have it beside him, and he couldn't resist. He'd just have to say, even though I've said to him, I'm not interested, I don't want to hear about it, I don't like cricket, I don't sick of rugby, da-da-da-da. So he'd oh, he's just gone out, Williams has just gone out. I'd go, wow, awesome. I mean, I mean, terrible. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, you can have my throat. Yeah, so... What was I going to say? Hearing is not always the same. There's quality of hearing. And God is not talking about that kind of hearing, you know? And he's not talking about the selective hearing, where you listen when it suits you about the topic that suits you. So let's go to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4. So we'll just have a wee investigate of what hearing means to the Lord. <clears throat> and this is a good one. It's in Proverbs. It's quite wise. It's because it's sort of anointed by the Lord, so it's quite wise. Verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man or a person's whole body. Okay, so when we want to talk about hearing, and by the way, this comes straight from Derek Prince, and we're Derek Prince people because we work for Derek Prince, you know, so that makes us sort of Derek Prince people, but I love the simple way he says it. Okay, so there's four points here about what hearing, active hearing, really means. So active hearing means giving close, undivided attention to someone who's speaking. Close, undivided attention. So I'm not ticking away on my phone while someone's talking to me. That's not undivided. And we know that. And man, do we get frustrated sometimes when we're in a room and we want to talk to someone and they're doing something else as well. It's a bit frustrating. 
So for God, he wants our undivided attention so that we are not distracted from what he wants to say. Well, you know, this is our Father. This is our beloved God. Why would we not want to listen to what he's got for us? You know, why wouldn't we? So the next part is we incline our ear. So what do we do when we decline our ear? This is about our attitude, our humble attitude, a teachable attitude. Do we have a teachable attitude? Do we put aside, and this is really hard, our own prejudices, our own preconceptions, even our own, I think I believe this, and without agenda open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit without agenda. This is really hard. And, um, you know, I don't actually believe some of the things I used to believe. So sack me, push me out. Um, Have you found that? You know, there's some things along the way that God challenges you about. That If you said 20 years ago, I really believe this, but I don't anymore because actually God's taught me something. And we have to be prepared for this because God wants us to grow. He wants us to get out of those baby clothes and take on the armour. Okay, so the third one is we need to focus our eyes on the word. So it might actually be the eyes of our heart if you are listening to the Lord by on tape or something like that. But we need to focus and not be distracted and not be wandering off to look at other ways of thinking about that. Now, I've had this happen when the Lord said something to me. Sometimes I've said, oh, I suppose that could mean da-da-da-da-da. Oh, I'll just look up for this da 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 Oh, it could mean da 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 And the Lord, at times, has said to me, Jan, Jan, don't you know my voice? But I was getting distracted by thinking, oh, I'll have another uh, opinion on that. But actually, don't go for another opinion on God he's enough, Holy Spirit's enough. And the fourth one, when the words are no longer before our eyes, we meditate on them in our hearts. So we start with undivided attention. Next, check our attitudes are just open to the Lord and we focus exactly on that word because if God is highlighting a word to you, it's important. You know, there's a lot of little details that probably don't matter too much to God, even, I mean, what house you live in and, uh, you know, things like that are sometimes not as important as the attitude of your heart and what you do with it. Yeah. And the last thing is the meditation. Just hold it. Just hold it and um, savour it. I like that, savouring it like a beautiful fragrance, like something choice that you don't want to use up too soon because it's so precious. This is how God wants us to treat the word that he speaks to us. And you know the word has a couple of meanings in Greek, so we're not going to go deep into that because my Greek's no better than yours. But (coughs) I do know that logos means the eternal counsel of God, ageless throughout eternity, and it won't change. And he speaks it, we can read it in his word, we can just see, we can know God, what's God like? 
What's the history like of his dealings with people? We can know so much through the Logos word of God. But there's another one too, and it's the Rima word of God. And we know this word, um, Rima. It's the living word applying to me in my situation. And when we read in Romans about hearing the word, God wants us to hear the Rima word. Now, how many times have you had a little Bible reading, but at the end of the chapter, you can't remember what you read? Oh, it, it, it happens to me too. You know, because you read it because you needed to read it, because you knew you should read the Bible. But, you know, God's wanting us to look at our time and the Word in a whole different way. We've got to get past religion. So how many times do we read it because we have to read it because we know we should read it? When the Lord says, come aside, my darling one, my special one, and just be with me. I just want to speak to you. And you know, when the Holy Spirit gets involved with the word, that's the rema. And we want our Holy Spirit to be on the word. You know, that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. He's the Spirit of the Father too, because God is so amazing and mysterious. But the Spirit of Jesus sits on the Word of Jesus, and that's the power of Jesus. And that's what we want. So he's drawing us, and this morning he's drawing us, and he's saying, put aside the religion and just come because I love you so much. I want to pour my word out on you. I just want to heal you, restore you. I just want you to hear. I just want you to hear. And over the church this morning, as I was at home praying, I heard, hear, hear people, hear, hear my word people, hear, open your ears, because that's his cry to us this morning. It's just one thing this morning. Hear. Hear my word. <clears throat> now, there's another verse that I just want to add to it here, and it's in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, but don't look because I'm using the amplified version because it just brings out a little something that I want us to um, note here. So it goes like this, and it's up on the screen. It will be up on it. There it goes. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who's our leader and the source of our faith, and also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. So, you know, the thing is, if you go to the source, you get the purity. The further you are away from the source, the less pure something is. So you can read about God, you can talk about God, you can listen about God, but what God's calling you to do is to spend the time in relationship with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. He wants to breathe voice on you. He wants to breathe the Holy Spirit so that you hear the living word of God applicable just to you in your particular situation. That's not for anybody else. It is for you. 
And this is possible, guys. This is not just possible. It's the way life in Jesus is supposed to work. So if you're hearing, hasn't happened much lately, that's okay. Diagnose. That's not a condemnation. Use it as to diagnose. Ah, maybe this is where I've gone a bit wrong. I need Holy Spirit time. I need it. So we hear from God a Rima word, and there's lots of ways we hear from God. But it all is about Jesus. The whole lot is about Jesus, the source of our faith. We can't get away from it. We've got to have him. It's religion the minute we step away from this. And then we're doing stuff because we should. And it's death. It's existence. Don't do it. I recommend life. Jesus wants to speak rema, life, into our veins. Well, I don't know. Does he want to speak it into our veins or speak it into our lives? <sighs> so I want to just talk about a few ways that God actually does speak into our lives. And it's not always actually the written scripture. We can listen for all. He's just a God of variety. Don't expect him to be backed up against a wall and have to do it exactly this way, because that's what you thought. You know, God doesn't like being backed up against the wall, and when you back him up against the wall, he'll smash out the other side. So don't do it. You know, we've got to be open. We've got to actually think about things we haven't thought about. We've got to think about ways that we might not have entertained (coughs) that God wants to introduce to you as you mature. So we start with the word because the word is so safe. You know, it's a final authority. It's the we can go there, we can read it, we can go. Well, I know what that says, because the word of God, the written scripture, is God breathed as well. You know, so hey, when we want to know, we need to know the word. You know, if you get a prophecy, that's another way that God will speak a rema word into your life. It's not just about this beautiful word, but he will liven it up with a prophetic element too. But hey, the Bible says you've got to test it. You've got to test it because not every word will be from God. And even some of them that sound mighty good, you still have to test them. And so you've got to know, what does the written word say? You know, we've got to be so comfortable, so steeped in this word, so in love and enthralled by the word that uh, these other things, we're bringing them, we're comparing them. You know, it says that the Bereans in Acts, when they came across Paul's teaching, they checked. They went back to the word, back to the word they knew, which was the Old Testament, to see if this could possibly be true. And the Bible commends them for that and we need to be discerners and God will cause us to be discerners as we are in his word
Whoa, here I go again. So here we are, and I've got this idea in my heart, but it's just in my heart, that there's somebody to be in our family, and all of you know that we adopted, but this is how it started. There was a thought. It was just a nudge. It was a nothing much. And then there was a song on Radio Rima, because these things are what God uses too. They can become a rima. It's, you know, they can become a rima. But I'm waiting for the word because I like to check it up with the word. And we're going, oh, God, this is a bit different. Oh, uh, mm. And that was 25 years ago. So uh, we weren't quite as mature, nearly, but not quite as mature. <coughs> so I waited. But the Lord is faithful. And when he wants you to know something, he doesn't play hide and seek with you. It's not his thing like, I wonder if she'll find it, or if I put it over there behind that black box, she'll never find it, oh, no, no, it's like, and I remember Tommy Tenney, I'm reading about this from God Chasers, and it's like the curtain's there, and God's sticking out his foot, he's behind the curtain, he wants us to go seeking him, he loves us to play this beautiful godly game of seeking God, but he sticks his big foot out, so that when we're looking, it's like, well, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? You know, that's what he wants to do for us. He wants to stick out his foot in, so that we can see it really plainly. So then, in my quiet time, came Isaiah 43. And this is what it said. And, you know, like, um, we had in mind Eastern Europe. <coughs> that's where the Lord laid on our heart if it was going to be. But God said... So I've, we've had other things, we had other things in our life, but we're waiting for the word, and I often wait for a confirmation from the word because it's so safe. And when you're making a really, really big decision, don't you want to really know? doesn't mean you have to have 10 different fleeces, but it's good to know from the word. And the word says, um, Don't be afraid, I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west and I will say to the north, give them up and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. You know, God wants us to hear. Okay, second one. So we're sitting in... Uh, a chair, and actually in Thailand we lived in a bed sit. So you can imagine there's one couch, and it's got two seats. And Alex sat this side, and I sat that side. And so when we had a quiet time, well, it was quiet usually, and it was like very communal because there's not a lot of room because the bed was just there. You know, so you can imagine it. And actually, we we're pretty imprisoned because. God hadn't had told us that it wasn't time to go home when everybody else went home, and it was COVID time. So we're in Thailand, and uh, all the planes weren't running, so any, if anything happened at home, we couldn't possibly get home. And we had that time, and we had some times of standing. And I can remember standing and saying to the Lord, I raise a hallelujah, and singing it to him with tears streaming down my face, because that's the cost sometimes of risking all in a faith walk. It's costly. And it meant that if my daughter had a problem or my son had a problem, we wouldn't be going. We had to trust God. 
So, yeah, but we got to the stage where God had brought us through some stuff with the translation work we were coordinating, and some really good stuff had been set in place, but we're still sitting there in level three where we can hardly do anything. We're mostly locked in the house, a little house. Just thinking, I wonder what's next. I mean, you know, we've got this in place now, and we're just sitting. We've got a lot of time, actually. And I'm having my usual time with God because... I sort of like the word, and this really is a, you know, when you're in a bit of a crisis situation, you even more like the word. Have you found that? You need the word. You find you're desperate for the word. So I was reading, and actually, I was reading in this really weird place, because actually my, I was up to Zechariah, and Zechariah is about flying scrolls, and a woman in a basket, and, and oh, olive trees, and oh my goodness me, I mean, I actually don't understand, and I'm basically going, God, give me... Uh, understanding or I'll just move on because this is just incredibly difficult but every now and then when you get to these parts you find this gem so I'm reading through the flying scrolls and the da 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 (coughs) and out pops return to your fortress prisoners of hope well and I knew but I said to myself Oh, that could mean a number of things. Uh, What could it mean now? Mm. Uh, And that's where the Lord said to me, Jan, now you know my voice. Oh, yes, Lord. And he, that was August, and he was basically saying to us, go back to New Zealand, that's your fortress. You are prisoners here. You're not prisoners in a bad way, but go back to New Zealand. And, you know, we went in that tiny window of opportunity before everything closed down and became a lottery. And God knew. We didn't know. But he wanted to speak so he can speak through the most obscure part of the Bible. But I was in the Bible, and so it was open to him. If you're not in the Bible, where do you get that guidance? You know, there are other things I'm talking about, other things, but I keep going back and saying, but the absolute mainstay is being in the Word. You know, it helps you, it backs up. It's just so good. You know, um, talking about a prophetic word now, I want to just give the example of David. Now, King David had some great ideas. He had great ideas about worship, great ideas about building palaces, and he had another great idea. I'm going to build a temple for God. What a great idea. Oh my, of course God should have an amazing temple. And David is just the man to build it. But no, it was a good idea, but it was not a God idea. And so God sent a rema word to him via a prophet, via the prophet Nathan. And he said, well, no, but I'll build your house. And he told him quite a few other things too. It's in um, First Chronicles 17. And so like David had to backtrack. Here's this king, such a feared, mighty king, but a king who listened to the Rema word of the Lord. So what did he do? He went and sat in the temple with God. So God said something to him that was just not entirely what he was expecting. I bet he was expecting God to say, oh, well done, my son. Yes, a great idea. Make it like this and that and the other thing. 
but God said no. So he needed to go in with God and lay aside his preconceptions and his own ideas and come out with what God wanted. And his response at the end was, do as you have spoken. See, that is what the Lord wants us to do with when he speaks Rima words to us. He wants us to turn around and say, do, oh God, our Father, do as you have spoken. That's why we're here. So why do you want to hear? You know, Jesus asked a man why he wanted to be healed. Do you really want to be healed? Um, But actually, sometimes there is a thing in us that is preventing us from really wanting what God wants. So do you want to hear Mm. And sometimes we want to hear so we can decide if it's going to be good for us. Oh, well, why would you do that? Because actually God is the God of all goodness, all amazingness. Uh, The best thing that your life can ever have is found in God. But we have this wrong attitude, don't we? That I want to know to see if it actually is going to work. Well, of course it's going to work. It comes from the hand of God. Why will it not work? It mightn't work your way, but of course it's going to work. What are you thinking? This is almighty, powerful, loving Father God. Are you going to say, oh, no thanks, because that's not going to work. I can see that straight away. Well, you or God? Yeah, so the thing is, we need to say before we hear, whatever you say, I will do it. You know, it's a bit of a challenge because we have these fears and we have these things about God that are not true. You know, I talked about that the other time. You know how we, things that we leak faith on are the wrong attitudes we have about God. So it makes us fearful to completely give him open slava. You know, so we have to get past it because we have to just know the love of the Father surrounds us so much that when he says something really strange, it's okay. It's, in fact, it's an adventure. It's a step out adventure. Now, I had one of these. One day, I'd been in, the gr- in, a, in a group of ladies who are very prophetic and they were planning a prophetic event and it was just a godly time. And I was driving home, and I wasn't in the Word, and I wasn't praying. I'm going to tell you both of those things. But I was driving down Pocketoo Drive, and the Lord talked to me, and he said something really weird. You know, I, we were going to Thailand to see if this was a place God would have us work, because our hearts have been in missions for many years. Um, it just took 35 years for God to give us the okay. Uh, but anyway, so we're driving down the road, just think, just in a lovely place with the Lord, and the Lord said, Jan, would you go to Laos and pray through Laos for me? And I want you to fast on rice and water, and I'd like you to start at one end and go to the other end, and I'd like you not to book anything and to listen to me and say the words through the land that I want you to say. <coughs> guys we're not leaders 
we're not biggies. We're just Darby and Joan. <clears throat> How do you do that? God. Oh, God. And I laughed. But I didn't laugh from unbelief. I just laughed. All day I laughed. And <laughs> it was like a laugh of like, oh, my goodness. And I said it to Alex, and, you know, he's better than that, me at that, and he didn't laugh. And so I went to some advisors, because this is a good thing also, when you get something wacky from the Lord, check it out. You know, because it might be seriously wacky and not God, it might just be um, something else. You know, we do have these something else's. I've made some really big uh, mistakes on the something else's, haven't you? Actually, I nearly married the man, uh, nearly married the wrong man on the something else. That's a big one, it nearly destroyed me. But God restores. But the thing is, you've got to take the risk. So I went to Wes. Wes, please come quickly. And she, we shared, because Alex by that stage, he just, Alex is one of these amazing guys that like, he just sort of knows. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going, oh wow, oh my goodness, oh how would that work? Oh, and he's just going, oh yeah, no, I think so, we better be looking at that. So, we just said, well, it does sound weird, but actually I think it's God. And so you're going, I'm going, oh, right. So then I laughed even more when I realized that God was actually hijacking the trip we'd booked to Thailand. So actually we weren't really, we were going to, we ended up with a week in Thailand with these people we thought we'd, we'd work with, and actually we didn't like it. But God took us to Laos and took us on this adventure this is just Darby and Joan, guys. We are not anything special, but we said yes. Now, that's it, you see. We said yes. That's the only difference. We said yes. And um, actually, he mightn't call you there. He might call you to Timbuktu instead, or he might call you to Central Nelson. That's not the issue. The issue is we've got to go with it. We've got to know our God so that we'll go, if you say it, I'll do it. So we went off to Laos, and we had the most amazing time. And you know, we never would have seen and heard half the stuff if we hadn't stepped out of the shallow water, because that was a ream of word that came as I drove down the motorway. So don't put your religious little signs up about where you want God to do this, because he'll break your little plan because he wants to be God and he doesn't want to give his glory to another so he won't do it your way he'll do it his way and let it go because he does it better his ways are not our ways his thoughts are not our thoughts they're much higher yeah so I just wanted to tell you about some of these hearing things you know Peter in the Bible had a vision. And this vision was very sus. Oh my goodness, it was about these dirty, filthy animals being lowered down from heaven that he wouldn't possibly eat. It didn't agree with his religion at all. Oh, but God had a plan and it didn't include Peter's preconceived ideas. You know, his plan included changing 
Peter's preconceived ideas. And that was the first thing he did was to talk to Peter so that Peter suddenly saw that what he had believed was not the right thing after all, and certainly not for the new season that God was bringing in. And then God could work, and he brought a whole family to him, and then he had changed Peter's mind so much that Peter could work with the Apostle Paul, who was going to the Gentiles, and say yes, and greet him as a brother. But how would that have happened without that Rima word that came to him while he was having a nap? Oh my goodness, while he was having a nap. How unspiritual. See, God doesn't go by what we go by sometimes. Yeah. So, what I'm hearing the Lord say this morning is, hear me, guys. Be open to hear me. I want to speak to you as never before. I want to speak to you in ways that you have never considered before. I want you to lose some of the walls that you have put up because either you think I'm not good enough, I won't do it well enough and you can do it better, or because it's an old season thing and you've got to let it go. You know, the time is coming when we have to hear the word of the Lord more clearly. It is absolutely vital that we settle this matter now because the time is coming when dark will be darker and we need to be a lighter version of light than we are now. And it comes by the word of the Lord. If we don't hear the word of the Lord, we won't change. You know, change comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we brush up against the word of the Lord by the Holy Spirit power, we change. And God is talking transformation. Because if we aren't transformed, we won't be able to go out and be a missional people. And when God spoke this word in Romans 10, 17, this is about the most missional chapter in the Bible. And he talks about how to come to faith and how to walk in faith. And it's by hearing the word, the Rema word of God. We've got to make the time, make the place in our hearts for hearing the Rema word of God, or we will be stuck when the Lord's wanting to move. And I'm saying to the Lord, don't let me be left behind by something that I don't do or something that I do do that I shouldn't be doing because the harvest is coming in a way that we have never before known and if we aren't ready, we could miss it. Do you want to miss the most exciting, the most amazing time in the history of the world when thousands and thousands and millions of people are brought into the kingdom of God? And he wants you to be part of it. He's calling you to be part of it. If you're young, I believe your generation will be the generation that runs with passion. But passion comes with devotion and discipline. You know, it costs. If you want to be passionate for God, you've got to face up to the discipline that's required. You've got to face up to what it needs in your heart. 
You can't do it on an empty place. You've got to do it on the overflow of the Holy Spirit because the Word has become oh something so big in you that it bursts out of you. You know, God wants to burst out of you. That hearing is coming, not so that you can be nicer, that's a good thing, but there's more. It's not so you can be nicer, it's so the world can see Jesus and be saved. How beautiful, this is what this chapter in in Romans says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. How beautiful, how beautiful, because the Lord is beautiful. It comes from the Lord. When you're looking at the Lord, you're going to be beautiful too. You're going to be beautiful too. And God's calling you, hear, 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 hear me more. Desperate, hear. I've been reading Jeremiah, and he said, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Again and again, he said, hear the word of the Lord. He cried, hear the word of the Lord. And when he was imprisoned, he sent out another prophet to read the word. Hear the word of the Lord. And they said, no, we will not. But you know, we're not like that. And God's calling us to say yes. So we're gonna, I'm going to put on a song, and I've got that lovely song, Oceans, teed up. And I want us to just be in this place where we say, I'm prepared to risk more with you, God. I'm prepared to go deeper than I've gone before. I'm going to shake off the safety mentality. Look, what's the worst thing that could happen? I say this. This is my little faith check thing. If I do this, and I'm not sure, but I think it's God, and it goes wrong, What's the worst thing that can happen? I look a fool. Oh, well, actually, that's quite regular, so I can live with that one. Maybe something else will happen. But, you know, will God thump you? Will our God thump you because you made a mistake? You stupid so-and-so. I've told this to you before, haven't I? But he won't because he's my father. And he'll say, I know your heart. And I know you did it for me. God taught us this when we moved to Nelson. It was just the whisper. We weren't sure. But if God is going to say to you anyway, I love your heart. You just said, I just so want to do it for you, and I think this is you, so I'm going to do it, even though I'm not sure. If something goes wrong, he'll say, well, I'll take care of it because I know your heart. And this is a very safe place to be. So we're going to listen, and we're going to do a risk assessment. Is there anything where it's more risky not to take up the challenge? Yes, there is. Actually, the risks involved when you say no to God are so big, it's not worth even going there because you're missing his best. You're missing an exciting life. You're missing the fulfillment that God had for you, and you're missing the destiny of calling people into his kingdom. So what risk do you want? This is what the Lord's saying. So this is between you and God. Well, how do you want to do it? Will you risk? Will you risk more than you've risked before? It's worth it. 